Let us pray. Loving God, we pray that you will give us ears to listen, minds to understand, and hearts to love. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So two lines from the psalm for today, Psalm 147, which we just heard sung, and hopefully you sung it along with us at home. Two lines really jumped out at me as I was preparing and reflecting on what God would have me share with you today. And the first line that jumped out at me is this. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by their names. God loves people who are broken, people who are weak, and people who need healing. God loves us. And the other line that jumped out at me is this. He is not impressed by the might of a horse. He has no pleasure in the strength of a man, but the Lord has pleasure in those who fear him, in those who await his glorious favor. Throughout scripture, the people who tend to get in trouble with God are the ones who think that they are so strong that they don't need to rely on God. The people of God are the ones who realize that they are not strong enough in and of themselves to get through this life. The people of God are the ones who know that they need God, that we need God. We need his help and we need to rely upon God to provide what we need and make us strong for whatever trial may come our way. However, we live in a culture where strength is admired, and I would say it's actually put up on a pedestal. If you look around at all the ways we praise physical strength through competitive sports, the Super Bowl later today as a prime example, or strength through personal training, you listen for all the stories of people who overcame odds and went from being poor to rich, sick to well, struggling to successful, that classic Horatio Alsher story, the story of Abraham Lincoln being raised in a log cabin. Stories of people who are strong are the stories that get pointed to as the stories that we should emulate. We tell ourselves we have to have a stiff upper lip or that we just need to suck it up and hold ourselves together. There's a great pressure in our culture to keep up appearances, to not let people see or know about our weaknesses. And so many of us, and I include myself in this, are holding things in. There's a real cultural pressure that says we're not supposed to talk about certain things that might make others judge us even if unfairly, as being weak. People are carrying around secret weaknesses and stories of experiences or other people who may have hurt them, but they feel like they have to show the world that they have it all together. Except maybe they, or let's be honest, we don't really have it all together. Does anyone really? Maybe we're struggling to keep up with everything on those never-ending to-do lists we have at home or at work or trying to juggle the expectations of us in both those worlds. Maybe 
We've lost someone, but we don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable, so we keep the loss to ourselves. Maybe we have a loved one who's struggling with addiction or a mental health issue, problems that a lot of people in our culture feel uncomfortable talking about, issues that carry a stigma that somehow make them less acceptable to talk about than if we or a loved one have a physical illness. Maybe we're struggling financially, so we feel insecure about what car we drive or where we can afford or not afford to buy a house or go on our next vacation. Maybe some of our closest relationships behind the scenes are strained or even sources of stress. And yet, in spite of all of these and other burdens that we may carry, there is that pressure to put on a happy face. Does anyone really have it all together? If we're honest, and I hope that we can be here in the church, every single one of us has some struggle, something that breaks our hearts open and causes us to seek out God and healing. Now, some of you might be thinking, okay, this sermon is really a downer so far. That's fair. Uh, You come here to church, even on a live stream, every Sunday morning, and you want to be encouraged and inspired. But don't worry, I'm coming back (laughs) to the good news. The good news part of the sermon is really going to be the focus. Because as the psalmist tells us, God offers hope and healing to the brokenhearted. God is there to bind up these and all our secret and not-so-secret hurts and wounds. The prophet Isaiah also offers us some hope and words of encouragement today. Lift up your eyes and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them by name. Because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Even way back then in Isaiah's time, God's people were struggling. They felt weak and broken. They were looking around and wondering, as we still do to this day, where is God in all of this? Isaiah was there to remind them when they were feeling weak, when we are feeling weak, God is there to renew our strength, to help us keep walking, to keep running the race. And not only that, God can even help us to feel so renewed that we will mount up with wings like eagles. But first, in order to be strengthened, we have to acknowledge that we are coming to God from a place or in a place of weakness. We have to acknowledge that we need God and we need each other. I want to share one person's story with you today, or even just a glimpse into her story. And if you're curious, I invite you to look her up online or 
reach out to me and I'll send you some links where you can learn more about her. I'd like to tell you today about an artist from Houston, and her name is Lenicia Rouse Tensley. And she leads workshops and classes blending the arts and spirituality. She has an MDiv from Duke. She was featured this past year on Kate Bowler's podcast, and she's the artist in residence at Holy Family HTX, which is an Episcopal church plant in Houston. Last March, she was scheduled to come to my church in College Station to lead a Saturday women's retreat. Of course, the retreat was canceled, like everything else, but what was planned for Lenicia to lead us in that day was a day of reflecting on brokenness and healing. And as part of this, we were going to break pottery and then over the course of the day, bind it back together into a new creation, something that was at once broken and beautiful. The story behind how Lenicia went from a more traditional ministry track to her current vocation, blending faith and art, began in a place of deep brokenness. In 2014, Lenicia and her husband's infant daughter was born very prematurely and they only had a few hours with her. And what followed was a period of much reflection and discernment for Lenicia, who took a sabbatical leave for a few months to focus on healing. The people in their life showed up with meals and friendship and as she says, love showed up at our door. And as Lenicia began to emerge from this period of introspection, she emerged with a new vision for her life, embracing the arts as her full-time profession with a dream of opening her own studio in downtown Houston and helping others to heal through creating just as she did and she continues to do, sweeping up the broken pieces of life and binding them together into something that is beautiful and new. Artist Makoto Fujimura also believes in the power of mending broken things. In Japanese culture, there's an art form called kintsugi, which is centered in the idea that there is value in being mended and renewed. Fujimura uses kintsugi to lead us to reflect on how trauma mended becomes something new. He talks about how there was a tea master in the 16th century in Japan who developed the art of tea and who also developed this form of peacemaking. It entails mending a broken piece of pottery, such as a tea bowl, with gold making the object more valuable than before it was dropped and broken. Fujimura believes that this gives us a glimpse into the beauty of how God not only mends us, but because we are broken, we are then renewed. This kintsugi bowl is far more valuable, broken and mended with gold than it was before it was broken. He tells a story of taking one of these broken 16th century tea bowls that was later made into kintsugi, mended with gold, 200 years later in the 18th century, how he took it with him to a Columbine commemoration last year on the anniversary, I think 20 years later. 
after the school shooting in, um, or theater shooting in Columbine. The fragments become a design, a landscape, a new hope. It's not just about fixing, he says. It's not about making it superficially perfect. Japanese culture recognizes that fractures are an entry point, if you can journey into that. But it takes imagination and endurance and perseverance. Now, all of this sounds very beautiful, taking what was broken, shattered into pieces, and mending it back together, not by trying to hide all the cracks and brokenness, but in fact, by piecing them back together and then highlighting them, remembering them by highlighting them with gold. But on a practical level, what does it look like for us to mend the brokenness in ourselves and of those in our lives? What will bind up and mend back together the broken pieces of our hearts? What can we do to make the broken whole? I think we get the answer to this in today's gospel from Mark 1. Jesus goes to visit Simon's mother-in-law who was sick with a fever, but what did Jesus do to heal her? He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And this is just what we need to do. Come to each other, take each other by the hand and lift each other up. It's not complicated. We come alongside each other, extend a hand and lift each other up. No judgment. Just being there for one another is the gold that mends the broken pieces back together, making what is broken even more beautiful. Just after that, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. People with all sorts of brokenness and weakness came to Jesus or were brought to Jesus because they knew him to be a healer. They knew that Jesus would not send them away. Jesus would see them and hear them and then send them away whole. Jesus knew that what people need is to have their brokenness acknowledged. People came to him because they knew he would allow them to come close. He would acknowledge their weakness and send them away empowered with a sense of hopefulness that in itself was healing. Jesus binds up the brokenhearted. He heals our wounds. I pray that we will follow Jesus in this as we come alongside each other, extend a hand, and lift one another up. Amen.